Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first few minutes of a private conversation between one of England's monarchs and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is July 1821. George has just held his coronation. The relationship with his wife, now Queen Caroline, has been in decline for over 20 years. As a last-ditch attempt, he goes to see a marriage guidance counsellor. I think it would be cheaper to see a solicitor, and more productive. Ah, good morning, you're here. No, no, don't get up. Madam, I'm not sure I could if I tried. I'm pleased to meet you. Comfortable? I'm wearing my loosest pantaloons today. Most comfortable. Right. Too much information. Take your jacket off, if you like. We don't stand on ceremony here. I shall keep it on, madam. The high collar and neckcloth look better together. And disguise as a double chin. I see you've abandoned the powdered wig. The tax on wig powder is outrageous. I've resorted to wearing my natural hair. Very good. Less likely to blow off in the wind. Now, today we're going to talk about your key relationships with women to see if there are patterns of behaviour. Does that make sense? Perfectly. Let's see if there are lessons that will benefit your marriage to Caroline. How does that sound? I bow to your esteemed suggestion. A yes, okay would be fine. We've only got an hour. Okay, who was your first love? Ah, Maria Fitzherbert. And how old were you? Twenty-two, I think. And she? Thirty-two. Ah, an older woman. Was she titled? Married? A Miss World contestant? No, she was a... Commoner. Widowed. Twice. Did she feel the same way? Yes, we were very much in love. Things moved very fast. We underwent a sort of marriage ceremony at her house in Mayfair. What's a sort of marriage ceremony? Was the member of the clergy there? Vows? Yes, yes. Sounds like a marriage ceremony to me. Did the mother of the bride sob all the way through it? Did her father worry about the cost? Her parents did not attend. Is the marriage legally binding? Uh, No. I did not ask the king's permission to marry. And he was more likely to consent to you marrying a walrus than a commoner? She was a Catholic, not a walrus. I see. And that's a problem, is it? The heir to the throne is not allowed to marry a Catholic. Ah. How did Maria feel about that? Well, she said in the eyes of the church we were man and wife. She kept our relationship secret for my benefit, but she wasn't happy about it. So what happened? Did someone find out? I got into severe debt. I had to move from Carlton House Terrace into her home. Oh, dear. I appealed to government to pay my debts and raise my allowance. They said I had to publicly deny that we were married. Who did you say she was? Your landlady? 
I sent her a letter that our relationship was over, that I had to marry Caroline. By letter? Who are you, Phil Collins? I don't know who that is. Oh, never mind. How do you feel about her now? I'm disgusted and horrified. Charming. Since becoming king, she's blackmailed me. She threatens to go public with our marriage. I'm sensing a but. I cannot help comparing her to Caroline. I have no love or affection for my wife. That's an understatement. Three days after my daughter was born, I wrote my will and testament, leaving everything to Maria. I call her the wife of my heart and soul. I've kept all her letters to me. George, you're a hopeless romantic. It wouldn't surprise me if you spent hours writing poetry and daydreaming. What? What, what, what was that? <laughs> when I die, I want to be buried with her eye miniature around my neck. Her what miniature? We call them lover's eyes. It's a watercolour of your loved one's eye. I created the concept. Right. I wanted to send Maria a love token, because it was a secret. They painted only one eye. She had one made for me in return. So, one eye, you remain anonymous, but two eyes and suddenly the whole world recognises you? It's also cheaper to only paint one eye. Oh, very romantic. Sorry, love, you're only worth one eye. <sighs> OK, let's move on. Who was your next great love? Mary Robinson. And how would you describe that relationship? Blackmail. Right. I'm seeing a pattern. How did you meet? She was in a production of Floridsel and Perdita. She became a celebrity. She was an actress. A novelist, poet and playwright. How would you describe her personality? She was a very talented, strong woman. Two eyes? Was she single? No, she married an utter rotter. She was the only one earning money. That's why she got into acting. I see. And how did you two break up? When we met, I persuaded her to be my mistress. I promised her 20,000 pounds. Oh, true romance always starts with a cash payment. I never paid the full amount. She blackmailed me against some of the letters to her. She threatened to take them to the newspapers. I wouldn't take the moral outrage tone, George. You promised her money and you didn't pay it. I do think it's interesting that you're attracted to intelligent, confident women. Who's next? Grace Elliot. Tell me about her. She was a divorced Scottish woman. She'd become a professional mistress. We had a short relationship. Like days? Hours? She tried to convince me that we had a daughter together, but the girl was dark. I said, to convince me that this is my girl, they must first prove that black is white. Utterly ridiculous. She didn't even have my nose. Right. Uh, how did it end? Not the B word again? Buggery. Blackmail. Oh, no. I handed her over to the Duke of Orleans to have a go. She was in France during the Terror. You know, the Revolution. She wrote a very well-known account of it. 
She was a spy, I believe, helped the Aristos to hide, went to prison for it. What a brave woman. Was she executed? No, she's still in France, living in luxury, hopefully not still spying. So, another writer's interested you, and clearly a strong woman too. There's another pattern emerging here. Uh, who's next? Frances Villiers, Countess of Jersey. Talk to me about her. <sighs> she died in Cheltenham just this month. Her husband was my master of the horse. That's how we met. She was 40 and a grandmother. I've heard of mother issues, but grandmother issues? She encouraged my marriage to Caroline and then became her lady of the bedchamber. That's an interesting dynamic. She made Caroline's life hell. But she ran my household very well, as it happened. So how did that end? She had too much power. She insisted on having her own way and exerting her power over Caroline. And you didn't like that? Caroline is many things, but she is, above all, my wife. I turned Lady Jersey away from court. It was all over the press. Yes, I read her resignation letter in the Times. She had a fast wit and a sharp tongue. Not to mention a sharp wit and a fast tongue. <laughs> I don't want to know, George. <laughs> OK, let's see. An older woman, much more experienced as a mother, grandmother and wife. Also, a titled woman in her own right, rather than an actress or writer. Yes. Wasn't exactly a wallflower, was she? Who was next in the queue? Lady Hartford. My dear Isabella. Tell me about Isabella. Tall, handsome... Elegant. Her husband tried to hide her in Ireland to avoid my charms, but I prevailed. Um, congratulations? She was a sympathiser for the Tory party. Got me interested too. The Catholics didn't like her though. Ended it two years ago when I started seeing someone else. So, another titled lady in her own right. Seems intelligent too, interested in politics. Who did you start seeing then? A Lady Conningham. My darling Elizabeth. I'm besotted with her. She delights me in every way. Again, I don't want to know. She is extremely beautiful. I hear you kiss her hand with a look of most devoted submission on your face and that you spent most of your coronation nodding at her. She is most diverting. I almost forgot my oath speech. I was too busy winking. I beg your pardon? Winking. And what does her husband think? I gave him a peerage, appointed him to Privy Council. Right. Well, that's that answered. OK, I think we need to talk about Caroline. <sighs> How did the marriage come about in the first place? My father refused to pay my debts unless I married her. She's my cousin. Oh, right. So you knew what you were getting into? We'd never met. Oh, so when you met, what were your first impressions? I asked for a glass of brandy, a large one. That's not a good sign. She lacks education. She has no decorum or tact. She speaks her mind without a thought. And we've already established that you prefer intelligent, talented women, which she is not. And she smells. 
Don't be childish. How did the wedding go? I was drunk. I cannot recall it. But I can tell you that we've only had conjugal relations three times. I still don't want to know. Okay, so the marriage didn't start off well. But your daughter Charlotte was born nine months later. Yes. And did Charlotte and Caroline bond? I separated them. Charlotte lived with a governess. I banned them from seeing each other until the investigation was over. Hang on, what investigation? I was determined to divorce Caroline, so I tried to find evidence of adultery. She was living in Charlton and Blackheath and regularly entertaining strange men there. She clearly didn't smell that bad. Um, how did Charlotte deal with the separation? Not well. She ran away once, to her mother's. It sounds like you've treated Caroline very unfairly. After all, she wasn't the only one who committed adultery. But she didn't want a divorce. The public supported her over me. I was incensed. Yes, I have a quote here. Poor woman. I shall support her as long as I can, because she is a woman and because I hate her husband. Who said that? Jane Austen. My God! I bought every book that woman ever wrote. I admire her works and read them often. I have a set in each of my residences. And this is how she repays me? She's just your type, though. Intelligent, feminist, writer. Dead. Fair point. So, Caroline. She agreed to leave and move to Italy. Oh, great for you. Probably not so great for Charlotte. It wasn't an issue after a while. Why? And because Charlotte died, I didn't tell Caroline. What? It's okay, she found out. I wrote to the Pope and the courier passed through where she was living in Italy. You wrote to the Pope about a woman he's never met, but you refused to tell her mother? It was fine. She stayed in Italy until my father died and I became king. Then she turned up in London. I don't want her here. Well, that's clear. You slammed the door of the Abbey in her face when she tried to attend your coronation. If this is about our marriage, shouldn't she be here? Hmm. It involves her too. I have a note to say she is too ill to attend. That woman is a hypochondriac. I'm sure it's just a cold. Anyone would think someone was trying to poison her milk of magnesia the way she goes on. What did you say? Nothing. Next time, it's William the Fourth and the pension. Ah, retirement. Sounds lovely. The Lost Tapes of History podcast is a Synth 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this monarch, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History. 